0: So now that I got you guys, we can dig into the the new sure. album here, and sure. I'm kind of curious. Another album pretty quickly. I mean, yeah. Holy Ground was just 2020. Was this
1: leftovers from that, or a whole new recording process? No, I actually, Mike. We saw we, we made the first album, Holy Ground, in November December of 2019, and of course, then the pandemic hit in February March. So we had to hold the whole album off for about a year. Here we are with the second one.
0: Man, no rest for the wicked just cranking out the riffs. <laughs> Apparently, and working with Ben Gross again.
2: Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah, Ben's Ben's a great guy.
0: I'm loving it, and loving the t- I I, I got to say though, I think my favorite tune so far is Shine On. I just love that riff at the Thank beginning. You. Any history behind that tune you can tell me about?
2: Um That's um that's a song that that Glenn and David and I worked on together, and it started off with a. There's a part after the guitar solo that that is a part that David Lowy came up with that kind of inspired the whole song, and I think um, it's a really great lyric. Actually, all the lyrics on the album are stellar, and Shine On's just another positive message, you know, wrapped inside of a heavy song.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's great.
2: I like
0: that dichotomy, like the 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 dark riff and then the the light message at the end, and great, uh, and great to and hear that, about David too pitching in.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we, we we work on these songs. When when the song is completed, we all have our own input in the song.
0: And also welcoming him back on the drums, Brian Tishy. Of
1: course, yeah.
2: Amazing, amazing, amazing. So happy about it. We had a we had a, a guy filling in um last year, uh, He was a great drummer, Tommy Calfettas. But we were looking for you know we were looking for a permanent guy to yeah. come in and, and we just, Glenn and I we've we've always loved working with Brian in the past yeah. individually and yeah. We just called him and said, Hey, can you come back? And he's like, Absolutely, I would love to.
1: Yeah, I was I was so happy t- about that, Mike. I was more than happy to Welcome, Brian, back. <clears throat> yeah.
0: It seems like a funny dude and, and a beast of a drummer.
1: Yeah, he certainly is.
0: And I um, wanted to get into some of the other tunes. Another one of my favorites, Kiss the Sun. What Can you tell me about that tune?
2: That's uh, that's that's one of my favorites as well. Um, that's a, um, a song that we wrote later on. It was like one of the last later ones that we wrote. And um, I, I like that just because it's got a really simple groove to it. And I love the message of the lyrics and I love the melodies are really cool.
0: Yeah. Again, with the message again, uh, you know, especially with hard rock and metal, it can be so doom and gloom all the time. I think it's nice, especially in these trying times that we have some positive music out there.
1: There's a thread through the album, Mike, of, you know, hope and love and, you know, togetherness, you know, because we're all going through this together, whatever it is we're going through, we're going through it. Together, And that's the message on the album. We, we've all got to go this through this together.
0: I think I got to touch upon the single as well, Hypnotize Yourself.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's uh, one of my faves. Well,
0: can you tell me about the writing of that tune? Who came up with the riff? Who, who started it?
2: Glenn started that song.
1: I went through a period where Doug was coming over my house and I was going over his house. And we were both coming up with a lot of ideas in, in the month of June, uh, 2020. So a lot of work was done back in that period.
0: And Glenn, do you play guitar at all, or just bass?
1: I do. I I write on guitar, and I come to Dog, and we go over stuff. On we both play acoustic, and then we play electric together, and we figure out uh, how how it's going to end up.
2: I really, I really enjoy the process. And sometimes, of where a song comes from, might come from. Say, example, Glenn's got a riff. He plays it a certain way that's very unique. Mm-hmm. And so, I like to capture that, so I can catch that that same vibe. that was the integrity that was meant to be, you know. And um, hypnotize yourself was one of those things. I just said to Glenn, just you, just play it. I'll record you. Yeah. And that way, that, then I would go home and and kind of you know cop the feel that he's going for. And, Mm. you know, obviously, later on down the line, people might have more input. Ben Gross had some input on certain things, you know, how things were played or whatever. But when writing, (laughs) if Brian came up with a riff or David, I would just have them play it, you know? It's easier that way. Because everyone's got a different style, so it keeps the integrity.
1: On some of these songs, Mike, you can hear four chords, Like with Hypnotize Yourself and Face Your Fear, there's primarily just four chords. And these four chords are the foundation, if I can say, maybe the foundation of British rock. So that's where maybe we were coming from that point of view.
0: Interesting. Interesting. And then, then of course, the tough part as you put out a new album and the Dead Daisies have been around almost 10 years now, is how many new songs do you fit into the
2: live set? Well, we're going to have four. Yeah. We're going have four, four from, from Radiance yeah. and four from Holy Ground. Yeah.
1: Very, very cool that. It's it a very cool thing to say.
0: Yeah. Two albums already in, what, three years? Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. And then any, stuff. Of, any of the classics
1: or you just stick into your material, Glenn? Uh, we're going to play uh, four songs from the Daisy <laughs> Day- catalog before I join. And then we're going to do a couple of classics from Purple. So, yeah, it's an interesting event.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask about that. I saw that online, the, the Dead Daisies version of Burn.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, 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 you know, we, we gave it a go uh, in Florida uh, 18 months ago. Uh, it, it went down really well. And, and same with Mistreated. It's another epic deep purple classic. And we all play it great. It's a great feel. So we're keeping it in the show.
2: And I bet a lot of fun for you to play, Doug. Oh, yeah, I love it. Super cool. I, there's only one Blackmore. He, he, he plays it the best, <laughs> but uh, but I definitely um, enjoy it. Yeah, you play a great job.
0: And Glenn, if we could talk a little bit about the maybe the history of that tune when it's when you record it. We're talking about the, the progression of songs and how songs start. I'm curious about mm-hmm. Burn. How did that kick off? Was it a riff? Was it a drum fill? Was it a lyric?
1: Well, I'll tell you what. We were, we were making the album. We were writing this album, which would later be called Burn. So we'd written about six or seven songs. And Richie said, we were in the pub with Richie. And he said, we need to write a song called Burn. And we had no music for it. So we went back to the studio around 11 o'clock at night, all p- put our instruments on. Ian sat behind the drums, and Richie came up with Deadhead and Dan, and it, and all of a sudden the song wrote itself. I kid you not. Wow.
0: That's great to hear. I figured it was just Ian messing around on the drums, and then no. you guys built it around that, but it was actually exactly. Richie's riff.
1: Richie had the riff. That All he had was a riff, and, and by the way, the song is a great riff. But he had that riff, and all of a sudden, da 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 da. You know, me and Pacey, it just wrote itself. It really did.
0: That's what they say. The best ones do that. They just write themselves in three seconds.
1: So they say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and to take a look in, in, in since we touched on Glenn's past a little bit, Doug, want to dig into your past a little bit and talk a little Dio with you. Actually, with both of you guys, but I kind of feel like Dio fever right now. I mean, he, he would have celebrated his 80th birthday yeah. back in July. He's got the Dio yeah. doc coming out, and I'm kind of curious. Like I've been you the guys both the same question because I know you have a past. I'm sure with uh, with Ronnie as well, Glenn. But I do. Curious if you got a great story, a great old Ronnie story from cool. each of you, and and I need you to do one other thing. You got to pick your favorite between Holy Diver versus
2: Rainbow wow. in the Dark. Wow, wow! I would definitely go with Holy Diver for sure myself. There's a funny story that that Ronnie told that was part of Rainbow, and it came to mind because Glenn was talking about him and Blackmore doing seances with the Ouija board this is in, in a different interview. And um, Ronnie told a story that when they were making Long Live Rock and Roll, there was, um, they had a, in the studio, there was a little loft above the control room and they kept, they were trying to finish the song Gates of Babylon and it's a really great song and it just wouldn't, it just couldn't get it. The tape machine would break, the power would go out, something. Every time they were playing that song, something went wrong. They were up in the loft one night after Blackmore had left, and they were on the Ouija board and they were asking the Ouija board you know, questions and all of a sudden they said, you know, are we ever going to finish this song, Gates of Babylon? And, and all of a sudden the, the, they were using a shot glass for the, for the yeah. piece. <laughs> and, and the shot glass, according to Ronnie, he, he was not a, not a kind of a wind-up guy like that. He said, shot glass danced around the tabletop, went underneath the table, came flipping back around the top and, and answered no. And it, it said, you know, they said, why, why can't we finish the song? And, and he said, and it spelled out Blackmore. <laughs> they, they, they were mad at Blackmore. And they said, that, um, they said, well, you know, who are you? And he, and he spelled out B-A-A-L, Ball. B-A-A-L. Wow. If, if, you, if you look at the credits on Long Live Rock and Roll, it says, thanks to everybody, thanks to this, thanks to that. And at the very end, no thanks to Ball. <laughs> they did finish the song, but anyway, that was a kind of a long story, but sorry. I That's like a
1: typical it. typical thing about Richie. He was so into the dark arts, you know. And when, and when it came down to it, he was a big pussy because he was so frightened of all that stuff. <laughs> really frightened. <laughs> Do you have
0: a, a, a favorite, Glenn, between the two, uh, Holy Diver? Well,
1: I like Holy Diver. It's a darker song for me. It's a great melody. Uh, it's a bit deeper for me, and I like that uh, side of Ronnie. Now, my story, there's numerous stories of Ronnie, because uh, he moved to be closer to me in 1979. I was the man responsible for introducing Ronnie to Indian food in 1974. Wow. Ah. <laughs> yeah, I took him to an Indian restaurant in Birmingham in England where i was born and that was the first time ronnie had eaten and as you well know if you know ronnie he only his favorite food on the planet was indian food
0: it's all thanks mm. to you
1: apparently it is and by the way we I, I ate a lot of indian food with ronnie never never had my late eating more indian food than with ronnie
0: <laughs> did he have a favorite dish that you can recall something he, he
1: liked he liked vindaloo it's the hottest one you know the spicy. Yeah. We had our own uh, Indian restaurant on Lancashire Boulevard. Salumi. Yeah. That's where we had a, a, a thing for Ronnie when he passed away. Uh, and, you know, it's still there and it's been there for 48 years, maybe now. Yeah.
0: Wow. Well, I'm certainly looking forward to the, the DO doc and then, of course, the ball, yeah. uh, the bowling in, in November, I'm sure, will come around uh, sure. again. Uh, guys, I appreciate all the time. The last thing I wanted to hit you with and, and kind of curious for both of your individual stories, but uh, we're one of those old school radio stations. We do mandatory metallic every night at 10 okay. p.m., which you guys are going to be a part of. And kind of curious, uh, your introduction and, and history with the band. I know, I, I know for you, Glenn, I know Lars wrote the foreword in your book.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, those guys are really old friends of mine. I've known Lars since he was <laughs> about 11 years old. So what what do you need to know, Mike?
0: I'm just kind of curious if, if you, how you met him. I, I imagine out front of uh, Deep Purple shows back in the day, right?
1: Well, you know, I, I met Lars with his father um, when we were doing the burn tour. And he was outside in, in, the, in the snow. And uh, I saw him with his dad and I asked him to come into the lobby and and that's how I met him. So it's a long, beautiful story, but that's a beautiful thing for people to know, I guess.
0: And, and when did Metallica come on your radar? I mean, did you know, did you put two and two together that it was that same little kid all those years later?
1: I did because uh, I was kind of, I followed him and, and knew about him. It was 1983-ish, uh, 84, and uh, I noticed they were making their mark in the industry. I didn't actually get to meet the whole band until I was working with Tony Iommi in the 90s.
0: Ah, On the seventh star.
1: No, a little, a little while after that.
2: Awesome. And then, how about for you, Doug? I've never met the guys. I only, I only know um, Robert Trujillo. Um, but he, he, he's I actually take that back. I have, I have met Kurt and he's a really great guy super cool really gentle soul i forgot about that i only met him met him once but he was very nice and robert is super cool as well so yeah. i can only imagine the other guys are, are, are as well
1: they're good stand-up guys really good people
2: headfield's got a killer right hand on those downstroke wrists yeah. that you always write yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: that's what every guitar usually ask guitar players to pick between Hammond and, and Hetfield and most say Hetfield because of the right yeah. hand
2: yeah. Well, see, yeah, he created this thing with that and uh, it's really really something when you try to play that stuff it's like whoa yes.
0: do you guys have a uh, favorite Metallica song can I get a Metallica tune from each of you to play for mandatory Metallica
1: I like um, Unforg- Unforgiven for me
2: ah uh, Unforgiven uh, that's, yeah that's a great song it's a great song. Yep. Uh, maybe um, Seek and Destroy was a song that I remember. That's a good song. That's one of their classics, I guess.
0: Yeah, going back to the first album. That's great. A little little dichotomy there, like some brutal thrash sure. metal and then the then the ballad. That's great. Yeah, sure. Beautiful. Thank you guys so much for the time and the music. And I uh, can't wait for the show on the 18th.
2: Thank you. Thank you,
1: brother. Thank Safe you, travels Mike. Have out a good there. Day. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.